2: and welcome to the community an undefeated community at that here on birds 365 you got your mac and mac bros john McMullen jody mcdonald here to hang with you for the next two hours and talk about the undefeated team in town that would be your philadelphia eagles show number 402 for the boys in green uh johnny mac good to see you this morning do you have a Updated injury news for us. Are so those Philadelphia Eagles just giving you all the details about this football team? Oh, no,
3: yeah. They're very above board. Now, remember, everything's pushed back a week, so we don't even get a status report until today, Okay, uh, which will be Thursday. Typically, you get that on Wednesday, the first one. And the, the, the one I'm most interested in is Avante Maddox because – he left late in the game in Houston. Looked to me like he pulled his hamstring, strained it, whatever you want to call it. Um, and that's a difficult injury, if I'm correct, for a a cornerback, especially to get back that quickly, even with the extra time from Thursday to Monday night. Um, lengthier period, that will help, but that's typically if it's a pulled hamstring that's typically a, a couple weeks at least. So That to me is interesting for now remember his backup, Josiah Scott's also hurts right. um, and has been out. So that, that to me is a, uh, a big concern. And it was interesting the way the Eagles handled it in Houston when uh, Avante was forced from the game, it was Marcus Epps playing in the slots, not Chauncey Gardner Johnson and Kayvon Wallace rotated in at safety. So, that, to me, is going to be the most interesting story of, of sort of the preparation of this week. And hopefully, Avante's just okay and it's not a big deal.
2: Now, was Josh <clears throat> Joe up last week?
3: Yes, he was. Um, but he's not... I, he's uh, he's probably not ready to play as an undrafted rookie number one he's more of an outside corner than a slot corner i you know slot corner is really difficult you know that that's a difficult position to play and you have to have a certain skill set and, and and josh is probably not in the mix for that it's always interesting i thought zach i've always thought zach McPherson is better equipped to play in the slot than outside um The Eagles have yet to agree with me, so no evidence of that either. So I wouldn't say, you know, slot corner. To me, it comes down to Maddox, Scott. um, Andre Sacheray, who's now on the 53-man roster, he can play the nickel uh, a little bit, so he might be in the mix. And then Chauncey obviously can do it, did it for years in New Orleans. And evidently, the Eagles think Marcus Epps can do it at least for a short-term period, so... Those are probably the names that you have to keep an eye on.
2: I was going to ask you about Andre Sachery next. Uh, He's been on the practice squad and they've elevated him three times already this year, which means they couldn't do that again this year. They had to put him on the regular roster. They took advantage of the uh, spot that uh, they had because of the injury uh, to Jordan Davis. Uh, so they didn't have to take anyone off the 53. There was an opening because he got put on the IR. But if they're going to elevate someone like Big Marv this week, somebody is going to have to come off. Um, right now they do have an extra corner, but um, do you think there's a chance that either one of those two injured guys, either Josiah Scott and or Avante uh, Maddox could actually end up on
3: the IR? Well, that depends. I mean, it depends on a lot of things. They don't need a, a spot on the roster because remember the game day, you're, you whittle down, you have inactives anyway. So there's going to be a bunch of guys who aren't going to play anyway. i not a bunch, but six or seven. So um, you, you, that, that part of it's not a concern, but if somebody, and that's what we talked about when Jordan Davis first got hurt, you got to be, you know, honest with yourself, competitive advantage is one thing, but if he's going to be out for four games, you might as well take the roster spot. Same with Abonte Maddox, same with Josiah Scott. If they're going to be out for four games, you might as well, you can do it. You might as well use it. You weren't able to always do that in the old NFL. Um, but, you know, you have to, if you assess Abonte Maddox, is not going to be there for four weeks. You might as well put him on injured reserve. It makes Uh, complete sense Uh, you still have plenty of those slots left Um, so it all depends on how serious the injury is if if they believe he'll be back in that four game span uh, if they believe Josiah Scott will be back before four games and there's an indication they do because they haven't put him on injured reserve um, then no you don't you carry them and you just make them inactive on, on on game day
2: Right. Roster question for you. <clears throat> is there a maximum number of guys you can put on the IR over the, the four-game yeah, IR? Yeah, it, it, it's back pretty
3: back. high, though. It's eight, I think, and I'll double-check that. But uh, it, yeah, there is a limit uh, that you can designate to return, but it's it's pretty significant number. Uh, and the Eagles have been healthy, so they have plenty, plenty of wiggle room. From that right. perspective, Jordan um, Davis,
2: have they used it for anybody else? Was uh, Andre Dillard on the IR? Did that count, or was that since... Yes, Dillard's Andre
3: was season? on the IR, so that counted. Um, um, and I have so to think you think, think
2: it's only that. two, and they've I, got I eight believe, for the season, so yeah, that would yeah. give them plenty of wiggle room for the second half of the year. Yeah,
3: exactly. Right. And, you know, if, as you get closer, that becomes a more difficult thing, but the Eagles have been... Um, the Eagles have been pretty healthy uh, through this season, and that's part of their um, success story as well, so to speak. So, um, you know, you mentioned Andre Sashere. A lot of people were asking that, uh, you know, why don't you bring up Marvin Wilson for Well, that's the reason. They don't have any more um, elevations for Andre Sashere. They have two more for Marvin Wilson. So that's just – You know, that's sort of the common sense. And, you know, there's a lot of rules you have to navigate. And it makes sense that ray has got to be up and and Marvin will just be elevated uh, for game day. You can feel very comfortable about that.
2: Right. And uh, they've got two more games with Marvin on that. But Jordan's only missed one game. And if he's going to miss four, that last week might be a little bit interesting because they might have to do a little roster juggling for that one.
3: Yeah, then you have to make a a more difficult decision. And look, there there are guys on the back end of the roster who are barely activated. So, you know, Reed Blanketship is a player that, yeah, he's barely been active a couple times, but he's barely played. Now, the Eagles obviously were concerned back in September that they couldn't get him through waivers. Are they still concerned about that? It's, you know, sort of a give and take, but... I do think when you start talking about the fifty-second, fifty-third guy on the roster, I think maybe people people get too fired up about that. I mean, if you lose somebody through waivers and they're the fifty-third guy on the roster, there's there's probably worse tragedies in the world. Uh to to you know do too much hand wringing over that. There's not much hand wringing when your team is 8 0
2: but we do find things to wring our hands about here on birds three sixty-five. And one of them has been the fact that the Eagles have been able to be run against this year. Uh, I think most of it has to do with the fact that they have not been a great tackling team. As you and I have discussed, they don't emphasize stopping the run at the line of scrimmage as much as they do not giving up 25 yard passes downfield. And there's a give and take to it. If you're going to be really good at not giving up the uh, big plays, the splash plays downfield, well, then you got to give somewhere. And that, at times, has been at the point of attack. And that's why other teams have been able to run the football pretty effectively against them. Are you scared about the Eagles' inability to stop the run this specific week against the commanders?
3: No, no. Neither am I. No. Um, You know, Washington doesn't have a great offensive line. I think a lot of people are excited about Brian Robinson. But he's a rookie running back. He hasn't really proven that much as – opposed to what you saw last week with damian pierce and obviously had the issues he was shot and then had to come back from that unfortunately he was carjacked uh very serious situation there good to see that he's healthy but i don't think you know we it's not derrick henry you know I, that i'm concerned about i'm already concerned about that right and that's weeks away um but no, I'm not. I'm not to, a- Antonio Gibson. I think is a good player, but I'm, there's it's not a scary player. I would say is how I would describe it. I'm not concerned much about the Washington offense at all. You know, I was looking at it uh, uh, PFF, which we talk about. They they've graded 39 quarterbacks that have played enough to to be rated. Uh, Taylor Heinicke is 39 out of 39. Is he really? Yeah, yeah, he's not playing well. And he did not. I I watched that entire game last week. He did not play well. I mean. No, but the week before, I thought he did
2: play well enough. They got a win. They won two straight games. Yeah, I
3: mean, and that's the thing.
2: I thought he'd be in the 30s, but didn't think he'd be 39 out of 39.
3: Dead last. And, you know, last week, I. Talked a lot about the back judge wiping out. That you take away that big did, play. Did
2: Sam Mellinger not qualify for the thirty nine? I don't he think not, he's qualified. He
3: might not yet. have yet. Okay. Yeah, he's not qualified yet. So maybe he'll be thirty nine or forty next week. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but, but uh, it, it, you know, and I like him as a backup quarterback. I've said that a lot on this show. I I I really do like him as backup quarterback. He's got a he brings a lot of energy. You can see the team. Gets behind him. I think he's got better leadership qualities than Carson Wentz, to be honest. Uh, we talk about that a lot here because uh, we saw it up close. I think the team plays for him. I think he he brings energy, moxie, whatever you want to call it. But there's no consistency, man, from play to play. The skill set's not there. Um, and there's, there's a limitation from a talent perspective. I actually think, you know, Washington has some pretty good playmakers when you start talking about – we all know how good Terry McLaurin is, but Curtis Samuel's healthy, and he's playing well. Um, Logan Thomas is back. He's not doing much, but but I think that has to do with the quarterback. We mentioned the running backs. Now, J.D. McKissick's probably their best uh, passer. So he's been hurt, um, but Gibson can do it. I, I mentioned Robinson. You know, if they had a better quarterback, you might say, well, they're starting to do some things from a skill uh, position standpoint. But, man, I mean, he he threw – you take away the one play, again, where it was just complete – sorry, Jonathan Gannon, but complete luck, uh, good luck from Washington's standpoint. Um, he, he threw for 99 yards against a really bad pass-defending uh, team. 99 yards i mean he was not good uh so yeah i mean i'm I'm not scared of anything on the on the washington offense
2: does nick siriati send a notice to the league office saying please keep the back judge out of our coverage <laughs> against the yeah. commanders this
3: week well that 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 you know jonathan and and i get it from a coaching standpoint you never want to as i said yesterday on the show you never want to admit anything is luck um good luck or bad luck well you see a play like that how else can you describe it that's just luck good luck for one team bad luck for another I, team I, that's all I it is certainly agree to that and that luck went the
2: the skins uh the commander's way the pick that Taylor Heineke threw at the end of that game. Sometimes a ball gets stepped up, goes off for a receiver's hands. You can uh, almost uh, justify an intercept. That was just a God awful decision and an even worse throw. Yeah. He threw it right to the Viking safety who brought it back into scoring range and yeah. gave him the ability to just close out the game thereafter. Yeah, That was a bad play by Taylor Heineke. I, I do like the kid um i certainly am more worried about this game even though it is in philadelphia than i did the game down there because yeah sorry carson Wentz, you don't scare me a little bit anymore these days um but if his numbers are as bad as you state they are 39 out of 39 damn i had no idea that he was uh, uh, struggling as bad as he was. I probably should have because I did watch the end of that game and that pick was just a bat- backbreaker that he threw last night. All right, John McMullen, Jody McDonald here with you on Birds 365. We've got a good one planned for you because we have two good guests. Our very own Mike Missonelli, uh, co-host on the Jacob Sports Eagles post-game show live from Oceans, is scheduled to join us coming up in the next three or four minutes here. And then a little bit later, Matt Verderame from uh, FanSided. Uh, we've had Matty on the show before. He's one of the better national writers. Uh, he's going to jump in and talk. We we'll get. Uh, we like having the national guys on because we're so inundated by Eagle stuff. We're in it. We're in the mix every single week. Eight, no, it's nice to get a view from someone outside. And see if they look at the Philadelphia Eagles as dominant as they are on paper. Are they thought about that across the league on the same level? Uh, so, uh, Matt Verderame a little later, but up next, Mikey Miss. Mike Miss and from the Jacobedia uh post game show, Eagles post game show live from uh, Ocean's gonna jump aboard with us here on Birds 365.
4: Go to get your game on, go for the beers, go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit.
5: Since 1977 at Rafferty Subaru, we've always been about our customers and the community. Early on, a safe and durable option We've evolved to become the best overall brand according to Kelly Blue Book. Over the last 14 years, we've donated thousands of dollars through the Subaru Share the Love event and found homes for hundreds of pets. The Rafferty family is proud of our 45 years in business. This month, celebrate our anniversary with special financing on select models. Visit us and see why.
6: The greatest fans on earth. It's a bold statement.
2: Streaming into the deep end here on Birds 365 with your Mac and Mac guys. Got a nice addition to the mix today. You catch them after every single Eagle game here on the Jacob Media YouTube channel. Uh, live from Ocean's Casino, Mike Missanelli jumps in on Birds 365. Mikey Miss, you're undefeated. I'm undefeated? Yes, much like the Eagles. You and the post-game show were undefeated. Eight times yes. people have well, been played, and seen. eight times it's been thrown down to you, and yeah. you're talking about an Eagle win.
8: There you go. And, and, you know, here's the funny thing. like, what We have a post-game show. It feels like there's been two weeks between our last post-game show. I hate these Thursday to Monday night situations.
3: I hate Thursday football in Yeah. I I hate Thursday football. Well, night football too, Mike. I mean, night footballs. I won every game at one o'clock Sunday, but that's a typical. I'm the same way, John. You know,
8: I, I you know it's unnatural.
3: Yes, it is unnatural. And and these the mini buy you're coming on. Let us talk. It's not a big deal, but I think the Eagles buy was too early this season, and then right after it to have this mini buy. And now, once the Washington game is here, it's going to be a grind. Now you can talk about this team's had a lot of luck. The stars have aligned. Look at the the next two teams on the schedule. You got an absolute abject disaster in Washington. You see what's going on there. And then Indianapolis might be worse. Jim Ursay might be from a football standpoint, not not off the field, but from a football standpoint, what the heck is Jim Ursay doing? This is this is working out well for the Eagles. Uh, it really is. And here's
8: the thing. Uh, they don't, you know, listen, these teams, they're better than. But we've seen so many Eagle teams that they don't seize the moment to be better than the team that they're supposed to be better than. And they fall. This team shows no signs of doing that. They'll beat the brains in of bad teams. And, and there's no, you know, the, the, I, I keep calling it slippage. They, they're anti-slippage. Now it, it, are the Commanders going to beat them? No, they, they don't have enough no. strength to beat the Eagles. To score enough points to beat them. Uh, the Colts, you're right, are, are a mess. So we always look at uh, the conversation has become after a game: where's their loss? And you go down the list, and you go, well, wow, they're going to be 12 and 0 by then. It's just phenomenal. Yeah, it really it is. is.
2: So let me let me ask you this. Cause I like your analogy of there's no room for slippage. They just don't have those type of traits that we've seen in Eagle teams in years gone by. What's the main reason for the fact that they don't have it? Is well, that- I think,
8: a, they're, I think they're well coached. I think Sirianni's really set a template for them. Uh B they, the quarterback, I mean, the quarterback has been phenomenal and, um, when they need a drive to score, they do. In uh, and, and almost every game you can look at, the other team closes the gap and right? stays close. And they go, okay, well, now we need a drive for a touchdown. And the same thing happened with the Texans. And I know the Texans stink, but they got the 21-17. And it was like, okay, and boom, time for a drive. And they score. And, and this is uh, an Eagles team that I, I've rarely seen in, in, in watching the Eagles all these years where they're able to do whatever they need to do. And, um, you know, it's funny because Jonathan Gannon is a guy that everybody wants to pick on, especially my partner Seth. But (laughs) his his, – his, and they don't stop the run, and I get it, and they they use the five-man front, but they use fewer people in the box than a lot of teams in the NFL, and it never hurts them. They're not that great against the run. It doesn't hurt them because they rely on their back end to make plays, and they make those plays. Uh, a lot of it is, is the dilution of competition. I get it. And I'm curious to see how they're going to fare against a team that will really go toe-to-toe with them. But I, this personality of this team is different than I've seen uh, many Eagles teams. And I, I, I ha- you have to go to the quarterback playing that kind of consistent ball.
3: Uh, well, Mike, you know I don't want to pick on Seth, but why not? I can't pick on Seth physically, <laughs> so I'll pick on him verbally. What the heck is Seth? You're there. I only get to talk to to Seth, obviously virtually, but you're there every week on on the post game show. What the heck does Seth want contextually? I always talk about context. You 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 can only keep, it's not about the 2022 Eagles against the 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 Seth Joiner Reggie White Eagles. It's about the 2022 Eagles versus the rest of the league. They're third in defense. They're fourth in scoring defense. They're top five in everything. If you look at the passing game, which is most important, they're, they're, they're first in NFL opponent passer rating. So in other words, the passer rating against the Eagles is 68. They're tied for second in passes defense. They're third in passing yards allowed per they Their fourth in completion percentage allowed. What the heck else can they do? I I I just don't get it.
8: You know, John, he um, it's tough to shatter brand. And Seth's <laughs> brand, you know what Seth's brand is? Seth Seth's brand is this ultra aggressive guy. But he, but like I gotta tell you, he was docile, a little more docile last week. Because he's been getting his ass kicked on social media, and I think it's wearing <laughs> him down a little bit. So I sometimes I just give him the side eye. Like, really, I I know he does it like Jonathan Gannon, but you have to put everything in context. Like they are, uh, uh, they're in leads all the time. So like that that run number. It probably is, uh, you know, they're, they're just trying to prevent a big play. So the run is happening for the other team. I get it. They're putting fewer people in the box. He's relying on, he he, he's relying on a four man front on big downs on third downs. And, uh, his defense has been, I think, fairly solid even though it's, and and look at the sack totals. If they were aggressive would they have 40 sacks, they've got 26 sacks and, uh, uh, a twenty-eight
3: point four percent pressure rate, which is not bad.
8: So yeah. I, I can't all find top it. ten.
3: I, That's all top ten. I think they're seventh in sacks, maybe or top. Ty- I think they're tied. For yeah, fifth they're, I mean they're actually. top ten. Yeah, without the ultra aggression
8: that Seth preaches, yeah. and they're win and they're undefeated. So like, there's the time I think to complain
2: about a lack of aggression. I don't think it's now. No, nor no. nor nor do I, um, Mike with the fact that the Eagles are eight. zero, the quarterback is playing well. Defense is doing this kind of under the radar. Miles Sanders is having a really nice year. They're, they're not leaning on him. Like you just pointed out when they really need a touchdown, when the other team gets close, they go, okay, now we're just going to have to run it down your throat. <laughs> and they do just that. And it's usually miles as the main guy. How good a season is miles? Uh, oh, he's been, Gavin?
8: he's been fantastic. Now, the key to him is staying healthy. And, uh, so far, he looks like he's, he's passing that test. He's been really spry. Uh, You know, it's, it's funny because if, if fans were saying, well, you need to add that running back. You need to get uh, uh Kareem Hunt or you need to add, uh, uh, you know, another uh, name running back. But I, as long as he stays healthy, they're fine. Now, if he gets nicked up a little bit, they might be in, in some trouble. But, yeah, he's been solid. And, you know, that's that Penn State... Uh, Pedigree, Jody, you know that.
3: It's
8: a Penn State pedigree. He sees, my, yeah. he sees what Saquon's doing, and he goes, you know, this is a flashback for me because I used to watch Saquon in practice every day do that, so I got to keep up my end of the bargain. Yeah. That's my pro Penn State message for the day.
3: Yeah, Miles has
8: uh, one thing, Sorry,
2: John. The one thing Miles can say, he's got more touchdowns than Saquon. Saquon uh-huh. may have more yards, and he may have more big, flashy plays, but Miles, who took the goose egg last year getting into the end zone, has more touchdowns this year. Yeah,
8: yeah. yeah I'm sure there's some kind of friendly company. You sit behind a guy for three years in college, and yeah, I'm sure you look at the guy. I'm sure you're friends with him. But I'm sure you look at the guy and say, you know, I want to do something like that in the NFL. I'm, I'm capable. I was the higher, higher recruited player, for crying out loud. He got all the glory.
3: Yeah. Well, you know, I think Miles has a little more help than Saquon. So uh I think uh Saquon Saquon's got uh, a lot heavier lifting to do uh on a week in and week out basis. But that's not Miles's fault. No. Um Saquon's back to being a beast, by the way, which is yeah, yeah. It, 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 he's having a great season and, and he is the AJ Brown of their offense, is what I would call it. That's AJ Brown on 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 the Eagles offense and he to me Mike has been the final domino the final piece of the puzzle whatever you want to call it uh if you look at the Eagles offense this season versus the Eagles offense last season now Jalen Hurts deserves a ton of credit for his uh improvement but as far as the guy who has sort of Put everybody into the right place. Like Devontae Smith is the best example because he's a great number two receiver. I'm not sure he's ready to be a legit number one. And that's what he was last year. Wes Watkins isn't a number two, but he's pretty good number three. He can run by people, never gets a double team, occasionally makes a big play. Uh, not, Not a ton of traffic. And Dallas Goddard has settled in nicely as sort of that second guy in the passing game. Mm-hmm. And he might be the most, one of the most underrated players in the NFL. From your perspective, how important has A.J. Brown been to this offense? He,
8: he's been the whole, he has kind of uh, like shaped it perfectly. Uh, Making Devontae Smith, because it, it goes back and forth. If you try to, Stop A.J. Brown, Devontae Smith usually gets his catches. but And Goddard's the X factor. I mean, you know, how many, how many times we targeted last week? Nine? And, yeah. and he made eight, eight snares?
3: Eight of nine. Yeah. yeah.
8: So, I mean, what's what's stoppable and what they're doing? And combine that with the fact that, that Hurts is getting rid of the ball, like, almost uh, a second faster than he did last year. Uh, and that's because guys are open. And what? How on earth does anybody in that league stop an AJ Brown slant? It's just you can't do it. So if that play is always going to be there, then that's a pretty good start to your offense. Uh, it's there's going to be an interesting dynamic here because Washington's uh, a rate a rate allowed of wide receivers is like ninety nine point nine. So so they're bad that way, but they they do uh, get to the passer. So, you know, something's got to give here. They're going to get the Hurts. He's been sacked a few times the last couple of weeks. Uh, but even if they get to a quarterback, it doesn't seem that they can stop uh, the throws down the field. So uh, this will be another romp.
3: It's boring. Yeah, it is. You're right. I, you know, it's tough to, to, to cover a team that's this good. It is boring. Oh,
2: come you on, know. you guys. You know, as soon as you say that, you're going to have a competitive game. No, Everybody says that. Like,
3: yeah. I, love the I, I, I can't jinx the freaking you. There's no such thing as a jinx. I don't yeah, care I, about and jinx that's
8: it. Either. And I totally agree with you. Yeah. I get pounded for making declarative statements on this team. And people go, don't jinx them, Mike. Yeah. I mean, you can't jinx a good team. The, the team yeah. has established what they are. Bad teams can't beat them. They, they have taken it up to another notch where they don't slip to the point that we've seen other Eagle teams slip where they just come into a game and you, you don't recognize the same team. This team's the same all the time.
2: Yeah, they are pretty damn consistent. You are correct about that. Um, speaking of taking it to another level, is it a – I don't want to call it a foregone conclusion, but the how – possible is it that this team and i know we're going down the road we got a whole bunch of important games to play between now and when it's good kick in but is shane Steichen out the door here in philadelphia
8: all right as far as getting another job getting a head
2: coaching job with another team in the national football league next year
8: all these young dudes are on the top of everybody's list right yeah, Gannon's going to be probably and staking Not I Jim
3: Mercedes, but mostly. I was going to say. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. If, but
8: Jim, yeah. if Jim Mercedes you know,
2: listening, he's going to be a better head coach than Jeff Saturday. I can pretty much assure you that.
8: If, if you're in your late 30s and you look the part and you have a little success, all of a sudden you shoot up like a rocket in this league anymore for a head coaching job. Yeah. So, yeah, maybe. Does he have enough of a resume? Uh, maybe he needs another year, but yeah. Uh, I'll worry about that later. Yeah. You know, like it's, I mean, they're going to lose guys most likely, but, uh, you know, what are you going to do about that? It's it's well, what the NFL that, is.
3: Yeah, you're right. I the mean, coach league. You look at uh, Andy Reid's 1999 coaching staff, it's amazing how many head coaches were on that staff. Uh, you look at Doug Peterson, we just saw Frank right? John DiPallippo, by the way, our buddy just got a head coaching job in the USFL. usfl i think the new orleans breakers but anyway congratulations to john um jonathan gannon might get a head coaching job uh jody mentioned shane steichen Uh, jg had three interviews last year for uh, head coaching jobs i i mean you're right mike there's going to be change so you know how big is the sense of urgency to take advantage of this window? Not only are you going to have coaching staff changes, but all of a sudden you, you you're, you're looking down uh, in front and, and Jalen hurts extension talk starts after this season. Yeah. How important is it to take advantage of this particular window? You mean to win the whole thing? Yeah. You got to seize it, man.
8: Um I, I can't see where they won't be there. I mean, they're going to get that uh, overall number one seed. They're going to be able to define themselves. Uh, Buffalo it looks like they're leaking a little bit, and you know the, the situation with the quarterback is the Chiefs are still going to be. You know, can they beat the Chiefs now that you look at the Eagles as a better team than the Chiefs? Uh, it's it's arguable.
2: Yeah, you know, yeah. and, and, and does sad. it set
8: up this <laughs> that they establish themselves? As the best team, they they go into the playoffs with a fifteen and two record, and somehow they lose wow, uh, be in, in the that'll NFC be title game. That probably would be a disaster to this fan base, right? Yeah, yeah. we've seen that happen before with teams that we thought were going to get to the next level. Yeah. Uh, but you know, I, I don't. I, I mean, who can beat them in the NFC in the NFC championship game? So I, I would. I think the favorite is that they get to the Super Bowl, and then we'll decide whether. They can beat either the Bills or the Chiefs.
2: And Mikey, as a uh, many year talk show host in this town, I know you've had these conversations before, and some people don't want to have them at this time, but I don't care. It's good sports talk conversation stuff. And that's Howie Roseman and the work he's got to do over the next month or so. Howie has gotten a lot of credit for being able to extend key players. And not allowing them to reach free agency, part of the Eagles' core last year, Goddard and Mailata and Maddox did a great job. Oh, they got practically their entire defense's uh, contracts are up at the end of this year. And this defense has been very good. You're going to want to keep it intact as much as you can, but you can only sign so many guys. Of all the Eagles who are free agents at the end of this year, Who's the guy you're targeting if you're Howie Roseman that you think to re, to, you can get a to, deal done with?
8: To re-sign or to, to clip? To re-sign. To get right, an give, extension Give, done give me
2: a list of those guys
8: right, right quick.
2: Real quickly. Fletcher, Hargrave, both linebackers, both safeties, James Bradbury. That's a whole bunch of uh, uh, Brandon Graham will probably come back on a team-friendly deal, but he's a free agent at the end of this year. Um, and you got your boy Miles on the other side on the offense. That's like eight starters out of the twenty-two here going to be a walk, able to walk away at the end of the year. You can't keep. Them he's going to be crafty.
8: I, I mean, I, I don't know. Fletcher Cox seems to be the guy that might, you know, not be resigned. Yeah, uh, you know, that would be first. I mean, Hargrave's having a great year. I, I don't know that you could you could justify it at that point. Uh The linebackers, they they always think they're disposable. They got. Kobe Dean in the hole. Um, they got Jordan Davis up front uh, in the hole. So um, Graham will go. Uh, it'll be interesting to see what they do. Uh, Sweat is not a free agent, right? No, he's of the few. him and
3: Abate signed last year. So it's it's, it's a really good question. Game.
8: I mean, yeah. he's he's going to have to be crafty, but there are, there are going to be some guys that have to go, and he's going to have to replace them. Uh, what did you guys think of the the Howie? I was trying to figure out that howie ran at those fans was real or sarcastic.
3: Yeah, I think it was sarcastic, but you know howie's howie between you guys. Crack jokes. I think
2: it started sarcastic and got real. Yeah, I, I think he was just joking to begin with. Then he got carried away.
8: I think he gets a little ticked off that he's not appreciated, and I think that oh, yeah. triggered
3: it. Oh yeah, he yeah. Does.
8: So yeah, I, you know he
3: that was venomous. Yeah, he's <laughs> strange. <laughs> How he likes to crack jokes as well. So I don't know if you guys know but he's he he wants to be a stand-up comedian but nothing ever lands, man. No. He's got to <laughs> he's got to give it up. And I think he's trying to be, you know, folksy, whatever you want to call it. Uh but yeah, all of a sudden it escalates. Well, you know,
8: delivering the F bomb like that, John, is is a way to bond with Philadelphia Eagle fans. Yeah, though. well yeah, that's true. I think he figured that out. Them.
3: Yeah. And by the way, he's right. And he's one of the better GMs in this league. And yeah, it's kind of weird. Uh, I don't know. He's not a football guy. He's been around for so long. You have that narrative. Um, Obviously, you had Howie 2.0, which usually doesn't happen. You know, somebody's uh, disposed and brought back. That never happened. So he's been around for so long. But I think people have failed to recognize he 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 should get credit for evolving. He has yeah, turned into no, yeah, one no of question. the better Listen, teams in the I, league. I've never
8: been that that big of a um, you know because he's for what he's brought. He's taken away some things that I thought were really inappropriate, but uh, I got to sit back and give him credit now for what the, how they put this team together. I, I was worried about you know, all these moving parts.
2: I, they they just
8: blended right away and they haven't missed a beat. It's it's. uh yeah. You watch a game now and you go, Yeah, oh, they're in charge. You know they're not going to lose. They can't." Even when a team stays close, you go, "They're not going to lose." I think that's been the biggest mindset change for Eagle fans that they actually look at this team and go, this, "It's not going to happen like before." So you, you'll get the occasional, "Oh my God, how could they? How could they not be burying this team?" But for the most part, everybody is really comfortable and confident on what this team is going to do from game to game.
3: Yeah.
2: All right, Mike, we brought this up on the show yesterday. And again, kind of putting the cart before the horse, but that's what we do. Um, There ain't no now. They're going to be favorite Mm. the next two weeks, the next four weeks, the next six weeks. If they can continue to win games that they're supposed to win and they don't have that stub your toe game, which Eagle teams previous did, that this is a different iteration and just a different built team. They get to 15 and up. And they were still undefeated and they've already put away the NFC East and they've already put away the NFC. No one can catch them with two weeks to go. And they still got two games to play. We've seen the Eagles. uh, They're very interested in protecting their players. We saw it in preseason guys, not playing get them off the field. We don't want to have an injury. That's been their modus operandi. If they're sitting at 15 and 0 and they got a chance to be the first ever 17 and 0 team in the National Football League who's going to be out there on the field playing for the Eagles week uh, game 16 week 17
8: that is a great question and um because you know if you try to go for the 17 and 0 and something bad happens like an injury oh. you'll never be able to live it down oh. Yeah. Now, the mindset today, it's, it's almost like a pulling a starter out of a no-hitter. It, it doesn't matter anymore that he completes the no-hitter. So, I yeah. don't know. Has that, has that filtered down the football? Uh, I Personally, football to me is such a dangerous game that I, I wouldn't care about the 17-0. and 0. I, I know it's, it, it's a landmark achievement. People will be talking about your team forever. But I'd be so afraid to mess it up for my super bowl
2: hopes that that I would be really cautious and safe about it. Yeah. Howie Roseman sends his thanks cuz yeah. uh, I know that will be the organizational decision not necessarily the coaching decision <laughs> yeah. and I think you're uh, dead well, on.
8: I just think about it though. Just think you know how this town reacts to that. They they leave a guy in in the fourth quarter and he gets hurt, and people are just out. out
3: yeah, oh, Jody, you're out. killing, you're killing JG for not playing to Kobe Dean in the fourth quarter of a blowout. So, I mean, yeah. you can imagine, right? Uh, so the coaching
2: the... staff has shown its 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 toughness that they want to do whatever. It yeah, takes they to want win to win. Get... The coaching oh. staff.
3: You got to save them from themselves, uh, because Mike is right. Seventeen to zero doesn't matter. the The ultimate goal is bigger than that. Uh, despite the history, despite what that would mean in in football lore, so to speak, the goal is the Super Bowl. So, you know, what is the easiest path? What is the best path to to win the Super Bowl? I agree with Mike, but you know, I want I want to go back to something you said that was interesting: all the moving parts. And I want to take this around the NFL a little bit with you, Mike, because I th- 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 you know. You guys both know. You've been through this. You, you and I have talked about it, Jody. There's this mentality. This isn't like baseball. It's not a plug and play league. You, you all heard that for years with these old school GMs. You can't we can't bring somebody in midseason and 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 do anything. Then I watched Christian McCaffrey. He's in San Francisco for 48 hours. He's he's getting a triple threat, touchdown pass, running touchdown, receiving touchdown. I watched TJ Hawkinson last week, nine out of nine. We talked about Dallas Goddard, eight out of nine. He had nine targets. He was there for 10 minutes. He (laughs) caught all nine passes. And here, Chauncey Gardner-Johnson, everybody's like, how could you get him up to speed? You know, you get him right before the start of the regular season. He doesn't know the defense, blah, blah, blah. He leads the NFL in interceptions. Somebody going to admit, Football's not brain surgery. Maybe it's a little bit easier to get these guys up to speed.
8: Well, here's the counterpoint of that, John. All those guys have released from prison. You know, when you get released from prison, all of a sudden you get freedom. Yeah. Uh, and your mindset completely changes. You know, imagine you're Christian McCaffrey and you're showing up in that dreadful scene. And, and you, you get this lift to go back to to, uh, to the 49ers where you, you play college football. It's like It's like a surge of adrenaline. And, yeah. and so you're, you're, you're more mentally sharp, but, but I hear your point. Uh, yeah, you can get guys, you can get guys assimilated pretty quickly in this league, even though there's all this complicated jargon that you have to learn and, and systems and all that kind of thing. If you have a good player and you, and you keep him restricted to what he can handle early on you, you and, and you have that mindset where he's free from prison, you're probably going to get productivity out of him.
2: Mike, uh, again, uh, we get, uh, chided sometimes for nitpicking what's wrong with the Eagles. You can just sit here and go, oh, oh they're, they're great. They're eight. No, we never let yeah. them. Ever. All right. But uh, who knows? They may stub their toe somewhere. Um, one of the things Eagles haven't been good at this year, and again, they're eight. No, has been special teams. Their special teams just haven't made any plays. They haven't gotten mm-hmm. burned by a big play either. But the other team always gets better field position. They do when it's a series of punts back and forth. They, they they had the chance to potentially address it at the trade deadline. They chose not to. Don't know. I can be critical of that. But can you just coach that up on the fly? Can you get better at that by putting in more time and effort? Now the time and effort is limited by the CBA. Yes, I know that. But can they actually get better at special teams in the second yeah, half? Yeah, I mean,
8: I, don't, I, I, I guess they can get better and you coach it up differently. And do you have enough athletic guys to make a difference on special teams. I don't know what's that that complicated uh, about that but you're right they they like by the way that's another Seth Peeve Seth is uh, he's got he beats he's up on his he's special teams. And, and, and special teams he's always screaming out how come these guys don't block or how can he, yeah. you know, no guys don't shed block he's right about that so that's that's better coaching I think so um it's funny we're sitting here we're going okay special teams and uh what else don't they do, right? Tackling. Uh, <laughs> tackling.
3: Tackling is what I was gonna say is the bigger yeah, tackling. Issue. They haven't tackled. Yeah. well,
8: I, John, I think they were mm-hmm. bored in that last game against the Texans. I really I think Dave Pierce is a good player, but they they I think they weren't on edge, you know, knowing that they were so much better in this team and their tackling was sloppy and their mindset was bad.
3: Yeah, I agree with that. But what I'll say this. If I'm looking for that logical loss and I'll last one for me at Mike miss 25, follow Mike on Twitter. um, Listen to his podcast, wherever you get all this podcast, uh, Jacob media uh, post game show. As you mentioned, Jody undefeated, maybe Mike Missanelli's the key to it all. He has never, the Eagles have never lost when he's doing the Jacob uh, sports post game. Show. Exactly. Right.
8: I came back here in 2008 to that station. What happened that year?
3: Yeah.
8: Yeah. Yeah. It was a championship year.
3: Okay. There you go. (laughs) So there it is. We found the key to it all, but I don't know to get to the key to it all. So Mike Missanelli has to fix this tackling issue because the one game I look at is December 4th in Tennessee and Derrick Henry. That one scares me a little bit. I'm like, you know, because I agree with the Eagles philosophy. They have this give and take. They have decided it's more important to get the splash plays to stop the passing game you know what do you want this box safety that that wraps everybody Mm -hmm. up or do you want the five interceptions from chauncey gardner johnson typically i want the five interceptions in eight games but then derrick henry shows up on one given sunday and nobody is prepared to stop derrick henry on this team are they going
2: to give the ball to him 40 times though?
3: They might.
2: What, if 20, they, 25 is, that, is a minimum. Is that going to if, if he
3: carries 40 times, either, yeah, it's not gonna is that it. good enough
8: to beat the Eagles.
3: If you got if, Here's how I describe it, Mike. The margin of error is small, right? You got to you got to play from the lead. You can't get from behind. So Tennessee takes the opening kickoff cuz the Eagles defer like they always defer, mm-hmm. making Jody McDonald Uh, pull what hair he has left out of his head Um, i agree with that
8: by the way i don't understand why people defer all the time
3: yeah um so they take the ball they go right down the field maybe 15 plays 80 yards they they take half of the first quarter off and all of a sudden tennessee's up seven nothing they can play from that advantage they can play clock they can keep the eagles off the field as best as possible because nobody can tackle derrick henry Is that the one game where we say uh, that might be styles make bites, right? You always hear that. Is that the one style that maybe on one given Sunday can beat this Eagles?
8: Yeah, we we talked about that in our last postgame show, actually, John, that that, you know, and we tied those two concepts together. They don't stop the run, but why don't they stop the run? Maybe they don't stop the run because they're ahead in games and they get a little bored and they don't want to give up the big play. Uh, so knowing that they're going to have to stop the run with this guy, will things be different? But you're right. I mean, that that's certainly an advantage that Tennessee would have in, in an attempt to win that game. But here's the thing. Okay, they they grind the ball down the field. They go up 7 nothing. Are the Eagles not going to score?
3: No, like they, they're going to score. That's the
8: thing. They're going to come right back at them, I think, because they've come back, right back at every team when any team scores first or early on them.
3: But all you got to do is shorten the game and keep that edge. So it might be 10-7. It might be 14. It might be 17-14 in the third quarter. As long as you're playing from that lead, there's a potential to trip them up because that's the one thing they don't do well. That would be my, you know, I would still pick the Eagles in the game. I'll I'll be on with you guys and, and Barzetta for the pregame show. I'm going to pick the Eagles, but I can see Tennessee. Yeah, it's, it's I can logical. see the path.
8: It's logical yeah. to see that. I, I just go, they count our punch. You know, it's good that they're going to shorten the game. It's good they're going to grind up the game. They get up 7 0. Eagles come back at 7 7. They, you know, get a little more time out. They, they the Eagles come right back at them. So, uh, you know, are Tennessee going to be able to stop the Eagles even though Henry is dominating the, the line of scrimmage? I don't yeah. know. We'll see. I, I haven't seen them slack. So, oh, like, by the like way. I say, that offense. How do you stop that kind of an offense
3: yeah. I don't know I say all the time who do you st- who do you start game planning for who do you want to take away I don't know I guess AJ yeah. so but to then everybody Tennessee's else is, win win is, is to
8: believe that their defense yeah. is going to be able to stop the Eagles from scoring touchdowns
3: well they stopped Patrick Mahomes I mean they lost the game but that Patrick Mahomes threw 68 times and scored 20 points in in, in an overtime game. That's not a bad defense either.
2: And and some of his best plays was when he took off and ran the ball himself rather than the 60 some odd throws he had. All right. So, you guys last Thursday, McMahon was down in Houston. You were down at uh, Oceans. I was at Citizens Bank Park watching the Phillies lose game five. Yes. And I completely forgot the Eagle game started. So, they put the Eagle game up on the score, up on the scoreboard. I go, oh, shoot, they're losing seven nothing already. So, now I got to get out the phone and I got to track every single play. And you're right, Mike. They just went down the field and scored. All right? They gave up the touchdown. I'm ready to – because I know if it's 7 nothing, and they're only five minutes in, oh, guess what? Eagles won the, uh, the, the coin toss and deferred and uh, Houston went right down the field. But you're right. They come right back. Even, even when I make uh, – I give a hard time to the coach for his uh, decision as to whether to take the ball or not, they, they come back and, and top it anyway. I, I got good and bad news for you guys. Yeah, on Monday you got uh, to work at a weird hour or whatever. By the way, what's the best place in the Oceans for a nightcap? Mike, if uh, the, game, the 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 post game ends uh before you head on either up to the room or back to uh, to Philly, where do you go grab a quick? Uh, there's a
8: bar called Nola right there yeah. on the As in floor. As in
2: Aaron?
3: No, as in, as in Nola. No, yeah, it's yeah. not his bar, but it's called Nola. It's...
8: And uh yeah, it's a pretty good spot. Um uh, you know, by that time, I'm so be- – like, I. they have a noodle house there, and I, I like to get some late night, but they they close the damn thing
9: wow. at,
8: a, at a casino. They have a great noodle house. I'm a big fan of the casino noodle house. Real. Yeah. You yeah, can't everybody. do
3: that, especially with an Eagles game. They got to keep that going. You know, yeah. yeah but we're, no we're,
8: we're, say, we're on the air it's like i look up it's almost three in the morning but joe Krauss wants yeah. to go to the, the, the full two and a half to three hours oh yeah <laughs> yeah uh, and, and i always go because i'm used to i'm used to the live uh production where when it's over it's over and i go you know joe nobody's really watching this at 2 30 and he says yeah but they'll watch it tomorrow that's the streaming world you know oh yeah, yeah. It, oh, yeah. It, it's there yeah. forever
2: um, yeah, and by the, the way here's... that
8: was the toughest post game show we ever had to do on Thursday especially for me I had I had one eye on the Eagles game we had two TVs on one eye was straight away <clears throat> with the Eagles game the other was a side eye on the Phillies game. And and I was I was I'm doing an Eagles post game show and I'm, I'm I can't afford to miss anything that's going on in the Eagles game but this game is over here it's yeah. the World <laughs> Freaking Series same uh, thing we're we're harder. in
3: Houston in the press box and Kempsky's got his iPad we all had the Phillies game on his iPad we're all watching that and we got to pay attention to the – yeah it was really difficult it was really it cool. was dumb and, and by I'm the way good. after the game everything was late because the Eagles were watching the World Series and everybody you know everybody's yeah that's right we, we didn't get we didn't
8: get to you too late because they didn't yeah. come out late right. uh and then i went to the game the next night with the no hitter you know when you see a no hitter you go wow that's probably a bad game to go to, but I look at it like, that's history. That's history. I love yeah. baseball
2: accomplishment. That was history. That uh, no Wait wait a minute. We got Hippod- Missinelli the hypocrite. You just told me history doesn't matter. The Eagles don't need to worry yeah. about yeah. Sabatino. It's, it's all about a championship, but a no-hitter history? No, no, no. that was a bad thing because the Phillies lost.
3: Although anyway. it's not the same. Yeah, we exactly. talked about you know, name, name the four pitchers two years from now that no-hit the Phillies in the World Series. People are going to have a difficult time with that. Whereas you say Don Larson, Don Larson. You know, if, if I get to give you four names, I'm not going to be able to give you four names.
8: Well, get used to the world today, John, because yeah. uh, that's the only time no hitters will happen when exactly. there's four they're names. Gonna
3: <laughs>
2: all be combined no hitters going forward. <laughs> yeah. all right, here's, here's the real good news for you guys since you don't have to work Sunday, you won't be down at Oceans, you won't be it's a, not till Monday night. Have you taken a look at the card we got for Sunday yet in the National Football League? It stinks. <clears throat> There's nine games. Take away Thursday night, Eagles on Monday night, Sunday night. Nine games on Sunday afternoon, early window, late window. How many games have a winning team against a winning team? One. Uh, Really? Vikings and Bills are the only game out of nine games, Sunday either at one or at four, that have two winning teams playing each other. That's awful because you got four teams on the bye and they're all above five hundred. So they yeah. took a bunch of the 500 teams out of the mix this week. Good luck having uh, a good time watching football on Sunday. I, 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 I was that. I
8: was looking at a game that I I you know would like to place a few shekels on, and I had a hard time doing it. But I got I got to ask you what the Giants, only four and a half point favorites
3: at home against the Texans. Nobody believes in the Giants, and I count myself in that, Mike. I don't believe in them. They're playing well. Is that, is that, well. Jody, is that uh, a line telling me
2: to go to go Texans? Yeah, uh, Mike, I've been listening to you say the lines tell me something for 20 <laughs> years. Oh, that line is screaming Texans. If you yeah. buy into it, it's too good to be true. Oh, yeah, that's screaming Houston Texans.
8: Yeah, yeah. it's the yeah. way that, you know, I don't know. <laughs> why is know. even
3: – why you mentioned the big game, which is Minnesota-Buffalo. I'm surprised that's even on the board. Josh Allen. Nobody knows if Josh Allen's going to play.
8: Yeah, and it's three and a half right now.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Nice.
7: Bill's
2: three. So what What are you telling me? Play the Vikings in that? I'm telling you that the NFL is all about keeping your injuries under wraps yeah. these days. Nobody yeah. tells anybody anything until the very last minute. Uh, Roger Goodell's kind of le- uh, loosened the reins on that one. Uh, the injury reports are complete BS every single week. Oh, you think uh, Allen's going to play?
3: I, do. I don't think he is. I don't All think right, he right. is going to play.
2: Well, so I got I a bet with McMullen. He, he and I are on for a dollar. I say Allen's going to play. There's no way he's going to sit. It's an awful loss unless his arm's falling off. He's going to play. But, but, Jody, here's my other
8: theory. You remember my, my backup goalie theory, which may make the Bills the play. Backup goalie theory. Right. The backup comes
2: in. Everybody rallies around the backup I'm gonna, what, for one I'm... game. I'm going to – Johnny Mac. I'm going to put the, the, the pressure on Mr. Nelly. Name the Bills' backup quarterback. I don't even know who he is. Yeah. They, <laughs> oh, you're going to bet him, but you can't even name him. What, what
3: kind Murray of does, crap is that? It doesn't hey, matter.
8: It's the principle that Well,
3: matters. no, but, but they, they have a very good backup quarterback, and it's a revenge game as well. Their backup is Case Keenum. That's right. Bi- Case Keenum. The Vikings, there you go, uh, Jody That's a so, live backup. Case yeah.
2: Keenum is better off signing or asking for autographs out front. He did that earlier this year. He went into the crowd. People didn't even know he was Case Keenum up there in Buffalo. Good luck. Case Keenum's biggest game ever was when McMullen?
3: Uh championship game here. How'd that uh, go for him? It did not go well, yeah, but there you go. but you gotta give Case Keenum credit for getting that team to the I mean he that, that a
8: good year.
10: That's
3: a pretty good year. So Don't look down your
8: nose at the backup goalie theory, Jody.
3: Okay.
2: Yeah. All right. You, you want to back Case Keenum? Have at it, Mike. I'll pass on that I'll go a dollar. I'll go a dollar, go a dollar with Keetum. you. I'll take the bills. If Case Keenum plays.
8: All
3: right. Fair
2: enough. I think All you're right. going to get uh, Mike, that, Mike. Hey, great getting you on. We appreciate it. We'll uh, give you a month to jump around to the other Jacob shows, but then we'll get you right back here <laughs> on Birds 365. And stay undefeated, buddy. Yeah. You're wow, the key to lot. it all, Mike. It's Stay a lock
8: this week, so least yeah. we say that. That's true. It is uh, a lock this week.
2: Mike Missinelli from right, the the Media, Eagles post game show live from Ocean Stanley Shore, and he suggests on a regular Sunday game you go to the Noodle House that they have down there. He says it's outstanding.
3: Nola too. It's got to be New Orleans related, right? Nola. Do you
2: think that's what it is? Yeah, it's not I, the I, Eagles.
3: Whatever I hear, Nola. I don't think Aaron Nola. I think New Orleans. See, I think Aaron Nola. I'm a big fan. I've been defending the guy as an
2: ace for years now. So I got to I, I got to go with Aaron. Um, but Noodles, that's a, now he's getting me hungry. What did Missinelli yeah. do? I'm going to have to go get a bite here during this next uh, break. All right, he's John McMullen. I'm Jody McDonald. You got your Mac and Mac, guys. Uh, coming up in less than 20 minutes now, Matt Verderham, a national football writer for fan-sided His podcast, Stacking the Box, one of the best uh, football podcasts out there. Matty V going to join us in about 20 here on Birds 365.
9: It's a fall car fest. And Jeff D'Ambrosio, Destination Downingtown, says, yes, you can. Jeff says, yes, you can choose from over 1,000 vehicles in stock with no weight. Yes, you can still get low prices, leases, and big discounts. Yes, you can still get low interest financing. And Jeff always says, yes, you can have a real deal buying experience without the hassle. When the other dealers say, no, you can't, Jeff says, yes, you can. Jeff D'Ambrosio, Destination Downingtown, nobody treats you better. Jeep Adventure Days.
4: Go for the beers, go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the scene, go for the screens. Go for the gallery, go for the win, go to ocean.
6: Go passionately, go fearlessly, go confidently.
2: Go
7: birds! <laughs>
4: At SALUS University, our graduates are among the most highly trained in their profession because of our unique emphasis on research, interprofessional collaboration, and early clinical exposure. Learn more about our programs at salus.edu.
2: He would be john mcmullen that makes me jody mcdonald it makes us Mac a mac here on birds 365 as we start to close in on the eagles attempt to go nine and 0 we're not getting there till monday uh, so uh, gotta have a little patience here guys uh mikey missed said it a couple times bored You're waiting from thursday to monday i gotta admit i get bored too uh it's a, a mini That's buy a in the That's season stink
3: yeah it uh, yeah, and then you know Thursday night game, Monday night game. I mean, we're gonna have to get used to these night games because they're so good. But uh, ugh, it's it it's no fun. I will say that. Oh, that uh,
2: that brings up a topic I was gonna uh, talk about uh, the quarterback here, but since you went there, let me ask you a question. Um, this week, I think was the first time that NBC had the ability to flex out the <laughs> Sunday game that that is a prime package they pay a big uh, fee to broadcast Sunday night games and they're the only network that is actually allowed yeah, to and they
3: did flex. The Should they flex? I got the press release but they I don't flexed understand. the
2: Chargers and the 49ers into Sunday night and yeah. it, that is not two winning teams because the 49ers right now are 4 and 4 the Chargers are 5 and 3 but the 49ers are 4 and 4 but uh, I'm guessing the Vikings and the bills were protected there's uh, 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 I used to know yeah everything. I think that's
3: uh yeah you can protect a certain amount of games I think that's a box game um and they probably wanted to keep it for obvious reasons it's the as you mentioned it's the only game between winning teams two winning teams yeah. Uh, So they probably wanted to keep that one. Uh, Buffalo, obviously a significant contender. I don't think Minnesota is, but they are seven and one at some point. I'm going to have to give the Vikings and Giants credit if they keep winning, but I'm still hedging on those two teams. All
2: right. So let me ask you about a couple of Eagle (laughs) games because the Eagles are already penned into Sunday night in just a couple of weeks. Now the McMillan's got to work a, <laughs> a night game.
3: Uh, and that,
2: that would be the Green Bay Packers coming to uh, Lincoln. Maybe the Packers field.
3: are so bad, they'll flex that out. You, maybe you 425. They flex out the undefeated team in an no, after football league? I don't I do don't
2: No so. shot. No, no chance. That That's in I'm cement. Hope. I, I,
3: I, somebody can hope, Jody. Can hope.
2: The Packers lose their next two games. What are they now? Three and five?
3: I believe so. They yeah. could
2: be three and seven, but it's still Aaron Rodgers against a team with at the most one loss. I think they'll personally still be undefeated. That that's a guaranteed Sunday night. That's not changing. But over the next couple of weeks, they're not going to go Eagles back to back night, back to back weeks. So Tennessee is going to be played on uh, Sunday afternoon.
3: The week after the Giants. Uh, that's a that's a big game because of the markets. Uh, Understood, and, and they're good teams. Well, the Giants might be a good team, but the you know. week after
2: is Chicago, two big markets. But yeah, if, you, if you're NBC and you know you're gonna you're, you're gonna flex into another Eagle game relatively soon, which one you flexing into? Divisional rival against the Giants, or the the all of a sudden getting a lot of attention, Justin Field Bears, who are at the time going to be four and eight or somewhere there
3: i would go i would definitely go giants over bears no question about that right because Um, then
2: after that you got uh, dallas that's christmas eve so you're not flexing out of that that's a saturday game to begin with so you're not moving it to sunday night on christmas night the week after that is new orleans by then the eagles might be in the and starting quarterback for your philadelphia eagles gardner Minshew mode so that's it you only you only got one john i see one game on the schedule that could potentially be flexed that would be the first of the two matchup against the giants this year
3: <clears throat> yeah now that you've uh talked me through that i feel a little bit better there's only so much you can do and you're probably right you probably nailed uh the one game um that they will flex um and who knows? Maybe Fox complains about that. I don't know how many games you can protect. Um, you know, maybe Fox doesn't want to give that game up, but I'm not sure. I know they can protect certain games, but I'm not sure uh, how often they can do it. How that 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 works? But you know, you know me. Sunday one o'clock football. That just feels right. Yeah. And you, from a work perspective,
2: me, from a fan perspective, we end up at the same place. I like watching football Sunday at 1. I like being in front of my TV at Sunday at 1. So the Eagles have enough of those games. left The rest of the year, you might have to just pay one more price. All right. I want to ask you about a uh, good column that our buddy Ruben Frank on NBC Sports Philly wrote today about uh, Jalen Hurts running less. The last couple of weeks, Jalen Hurts' running numbers are down. Amount of runs are down. Running on first and second down is significantly down. Oh, by the way, hadn't hurt the Eagles at all. They, When Jalen Hurts throws it, he averages 8.5 yards per play. When he runs it, he averages five and change per play. So, yes, if uh, you're uh, looking at purely the numbers – the Eagles are better when they pass the ball than when they run the ball, but you need a balance, and you got to react to the defense, all of that stuff. Um, by design or happenstance, that the games have gone that way, and that's why Hertz is running less. Or is it the Eagles want to put him put him less at risk? He's having his phenomenal year. He's co-favorite right there in the running for MVP, and when he takes off, there always is the chance. John McMullen my partner likes to tell me hey you can get hurt from the pocket that's where he got hurt last year he that's where missed got one hurt game last year yeah. and it was because he was in the pocket so uh, but just common sense tells you you're out there you're open you're uh, taking a a a hit without protection do you think Jalen hurts's running numbers are down? by design or that's just the way it's worked out.
3: Now I'm very confident in this and it's happenstance. You know, part of it is, you know, teams are taking it away. Um, they're more concerned with that. I think the the thought process is still, even with all the improvement, the best way to beat the Eagles is to force Jalen hurts to beat you throwing the football. Um, I think that's part of it. What the defenses are doing, they 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 focus far more on on stopping the run game, uh, and he's taken advantage of that. Deserves credit for it. But one thing Nick Sirianni has said this consistently since he got here, and he's proven to be truthful. This is not one of his blowing smoke up your you know what. If I got to run him eighteen times like he did in Detroit, he's going to run him eighteen times. If I got to throw it, I'm going to throw it. He says it all the time. He's he proves it all the time. Um, if they're struggling throwing the football against Washington for some reason, maybe the pass rush goes nuts. Who knows? He'll run it. He'll 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 say, "Hey, off schedule, do what you need to do to win the game." However, it is RPOs. He's he's proven that time and time again, Jody. And I'm talking about Nick Sirianni. He's not okay. trying to protect anybody.
2: But here's the fly in the ointment for me. If your philosophy is, but we really prefer Jalen to beat us from the pocket, in case you aren't paying attention, rest of the NFL, oh, he's beating you from the pocket. He's staying in the pocket. He's throwing it downfield. He's got the second best passer rating in the National Football League. At what time, at what point does the narrative change? Where you can't just say, oh, well, you got to keep him in the pocket. Well, that's up to the other people.
3: That's up to the other teams. You I'm can't control. You, when did the
2: other teams say, "Yeah, you know, we need to throw that idea out the window"? Because you know, it's not out of teams from the pocket.
3: ESPN just did a, a a a thing on on the Eagles and you know, Jalen Hurts and more more of the offense as a whole. And they asked a bunch of a bunch of different uh, executives and personnel people and coaches. And They still default to the passing game. So I mean that's up to them. That's up to them. Um if they shift. Um and that's out of your control as as an Eagles coach. But they've clearly shifted, you know, their RPOs, the the first four games, the first half versus the second half are way down. Um uh, the off schedule stuff is way down because I think people are playing more zone um, and keeping their eyes on the quarterback. Um, and he's taking advantage of strong, the football. The Eagles are fine with that. They prefer that to be honest. Yeah. Um, and, but, 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 but that's up, up to the opposition. And, and, you know, if somebody wakes up one day and says, you know what? They're killing us with AJ Brown and Dallas Goddard. We gotta, we gotta focus on stopping them. Then he's going to be back running it. Then he's going to be back to the off schedule stuff, the RPOs. And that's the beauty of the Eagles. They can kill you anyway. That's why they're eight. No, that's why they're the only eight. No team. That's why I sit here and argue with everybody. You can talk about Buffalo and Kansas city all you want. The Eagles are a better football team than those teams because they can do more things well than anybody else. Doesn't mean the quarterback's better. You know, Patrick Mahomes is a superstar. Josh Allen is a superstar. But as I said, 2 through 52, the Eagles are better than the Bills and they're better than the Chiefs. And I don't know why everybody in Philadelphia is afraid to say it. Not everybody. but you now, get I was going to say,
2: point. John, I think it's actually – I think the majority is not afraid to yeah. say it anymore. But there's you know, a there's bunch the of face underdog
3: face people. Outers,
2: but but it's,
3: it's a yeah, moving there, part you know, that you know, I think I, more have come over. I, I should phrase that in a different way. You have a group that thinks the Eagles are the best every year, you know, and they're gonna say, We we got the best this, we got the best that. Right. And we'll they're not Sorry. and they're crazy. Um, and typically that's not the case. Um, so I'm not talking about those people unaware. I'm talking about the people, you know, the underdog people who think build up always the underdog. The Phillies were the underdog against the Astros. Um the Union were the underdog against Los Angeles uh football club back in the Super Bowl. The Eagles were the underdog against Tom Brady and the Patriots. This Eagles team has never been the underdog. Am I right with that, Jody? Uh they've not been an underdog this season. No. Uh, uh, favored every game. And they're not going to be an underdog moving forward unless there's significant injury attrition. They're going to be favored every single game. Maybe Dallas, if Dallas, if Dallas doesn't lose between now and Christmas Eve, who's favorite in that game? I think the the Eagles, right? uh, Again, Eagles don't lose. Cowboys don't lose. What if what if the Eagles lose one game and the Cowboys go undefeated? Who's favorite in that game? That's good. Could be. Uh, There's Uh, at least uh, a, a a. there's a possibility that's the one game they might not be favored in, but I agree with you. In all likelihood, they will be favored in that game. Point I'm trying to say is, they ain't underdogs, and they're they shouldn't be underdogs. They're right. the best. Right. Here's team.
2: here's my uh, response to that. If we're again dealing with probabilities, which is more likely, the Eagles will win all their games between now and the Dallas showdown. Or Dallas will win all their games between Eagles and the Dallas show. Because the Eagles are better. Right. So uh I understand. You know me, Mr. Hypothetical. You're giving me a hypothetical. I'm telling you, yeah, I don't think that hypothetical is happening. If it does happen, I think it's a toss-up game. I think it yeah. could be Eagles by a point. could be Cowboys by a point. It could go uh, either way as far as favoritism goes. Yeah. Because but, the Eagles are a better team. So yeah. if you give the Cowboys three points because it's in their house and a little bit more momentum because they've won X amount in a row and the Eagles have a loss uh, sandwiched in there somewhere. Yeah. I think they still could be favored by a point. It, it, it'll be close. Could go either way. It's not a uh, given who's a, who's a favorite.
3: That yeah. Game. But the larger point you know, this team ain't an underdog, this team is really, really good. And there's no need to ham and haw about it. Uh, they are a really really good football team but see i'm a prime
2: example of of uh, the point you're trying to make here you know before the season started i picked the eagles to go in the super bowl uh to the super bowl i thought they were going to win 12 games yeah i got the 12 you and i were both at 11 right before the season started i said johnny mac i gotta go to 12 i don't see six losses on this Eagles schedule this year so i'm giving them 12 I didn't know the 12 was going to make them the best team in the National Football League. Yeah, I thought the Bills were better. Yeah, I thought the Chiefs were better. Yeah, I kind of thought the Dolphins were better. I knew the Dolphins weren't going to win 13 games because that division, I thought the AFC East had a chance to be real tough this year. I didn't think the NFC East was going to be as good as it is. And the Eagles are still 8-0 at this point. So really give a tip of the cap to the Eagles. Yeah, I'm a guy who had them as one of the best teams in the national football league, but now I have them as the best team in the national football league. So I'm one of those guys who did move the needle and oh, I, I moved
3: they're... the needle. I was at 11. I didn't if see you've this moved the needle more than I have. Yeah. I didn't see this coming. I thought they were a playoff level team. I thought they'd be a little bit better than last season. Um, who knows, maybe be able to win one playoff game, but I didn't think they were going to be significant Super Bowl contenders and be in the conversation with the Chiefs and the Bills. Never mind, but I didn't see you know, the big uh, down tick from Tampa Bay coming or Green Bay or the Rams, for that matter. A um, lot of things move quickly in the NFL. Uh, all I can do now is look back at the eight games of this team and look at all – the difference makers they have on the field. And that's the one thing, like anybody who says Buffalo and Kansas City, and you know Matt's a Kansas City guy, we'll talk to him about this. They're talking about the quarterback. And I'm not saying Jalen Hurts is better than Patrick Mahomes, but I think anybody who sits there and tells you the Chiefs have a better roster than the Eagles or the Bills have a better roster than the Eagles, I would say, what the hell are you looking at? And there's
2: a reason that they are 8-0 right now. All right, speaking of Matt Vertoram, he's going to join us next. National Football Writer for com, host of Stock in the Box podcast. We'll get a an out-of-town perspective on how good the undefeated Eagles are next here on Bird's 365.
6: Philadelphia fans were cut from a different cloth, born into a brotherhood, and bonded to our team for life. We believe anything is possible because we've witnessed the impossible. While we may be from different neighborhoods, come Sunday, we are one and we will be heard. Pondley Hockey, official partner of the Philadelphia Eagles.
9: Ambrosio Destination Downingtown says, yes, you can. Jeff says, yes, you can choose from over 1,000 vehicles in stock with no weight. Yes, you can still get low prices, leases, and big discounts. Yes, you can still get low interest financing. And Jeff always says, yes, you can have a real deal buying experience without the hassle. When the other dealers say, no, you can't. Jeff says, yes, you can. Jeff D'Ambrosio Destination Downingtown. Nobody treats you better. Jeep Adventure Days.
6: My wife was in an accident that changed our lives forever. She was in rehabilitation for years. She had to learn to walk again. She couldn't take care of herself. We couldn't afford a nurse. We were running out of options. One conversation with Pond Lee Hockey changed everything. They understood what we were going through and immediately helped us
7: navigate the legal process. We can't thank them enough. Pond Lee Hockey. Tell us your story.
9: The faces you know, the team you trust. The Delaware Valley's leading news program, Action
4: News. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers, go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes, and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit.
2: Appreciate your jumping into the deep end of the stream here on Birch 365 with Mackamac, Don McMahon, and Jody McDonald. We are joined by Matt Berteram, fan-sided national writer and host of Stacking the Box podcast. MV, it's been about a month since you and I talked. How are things going?
10: Good, good. Certainly the season's in full swing. How are
3: you guys? Uh, Doing well, Matt. I'm going to give you the opportunity. I want to talk about the biggest abject disaster in the NFL? I mean, if you count off the field, you probably have to go the Washington Commanders. If you you just go football-wise, you might say the Indianapolis Colts. So where would you start? And by the way, here in Philadelphia, those are the next two Eagles opponents. If you think the stars are not aligning for the Eagles, which of those two situations has you scratching your head more? That's a tough question. <laughs> uh, I, I guess just by
10: default, it has to be Washington because they've left you scratching your head for 25 yeah, years at this point. That's true. The longevity
3: uh, is unparalleled. It's, it's
10: incredible. Right. Like I wrote I, my stack in the box column goes up every Monday over at fan side. And I, I wrote, I led with Schneider. And, and Washington, and I talked to people around the league about that, and uh, there's a, a hope that, yeah, if he sells, that, that, would, that would be just fine by a lot of people. I mean, first of all, it would make every franchise more lucrative uh, for the next owner that sells because they will get the highest sale price of any North American sports team in history. Secondly, it gets rid of a really longstanding headache for the NFL. As far as on the field, though, Uh, The the Colts right now are about as bad as it gets. You have a team that has no quarterback, uh, no real head coach, nobody who can call a play. Uh, I reached (laughs) out to a lot of people around the league when that all went down. I had one source say to me it's the the most bizarre hire they had seen in 30-plus years of being involved in the NFL – uh, another who thought that the only reason they were doing this was so that they lose every game and they try to get their, their best pick possible for a quarterback. Um, but, yeah, if you're an
2: Eagles fan, you're feeling pretty good about your next two games. And, yeah, well, they should. But let me let me double back on the Colts because I took a stance on this as of Sunday and I'm not moving off it until I'm proven wrong. I say starting for the Indianapolis Colts, next week at quarterback will be – Nick Foles, the man who delivered the Super Bowl <laughs> here to Philadelphia, that they're going to get another look at Mike Ellinger throwing for 98 yards this week. And Jeff Saturday is going to walk in Ursay's office office to go, Hey, do you want me to try and win? Get you're you're asking me to embarrass myself. I'm taking crap from all over the entire country that I'm overmatched. I'm unqualified. I can't be the coach of this team. And then we go out, we get beat because my quarterback can't throw the ball down the field. I got this Foles guy sitting on a bench. How do I not start him in a game? I'm sticking to it. I say Foles starts next week. Am I nuts?
10: No, you're not nuts. I think it could be him or even Matt Ryan. They just put Matt Ryan back in there. I know Matt Ryan was terrible this year, but I I mean, listen, it's a combination of two things. Matt Ryan was not good. Also, they cannot block anybody. So um, <sighs> I don't know that it matters who plays quarterback. Whoever it is is going to get pounded behind that offensive line. I, what I don't understand with the Colts, well, I should rephrase it. There's a lot of things I don't understand with the Colts. One of the things I do not understand with the Colts why does Chris Ballard still have the job? Like, everybody talks about Chris Ballard like he's a really good general manager. And I do not understand why. I know that they got thrust into a bad situation with Andrew luck retiring, and everybody was shocked by that. That was four years ago. Yeah. Like, at what point does that stop becoming an excuse? Like, Fair. they have cap space, a ton of it. Every year because they don't have to pay a quarterback. And yet, they never have weapons. Other than Shaq Leonard and Quentin Nelson, who are the star players on that team? It's been Jonathan Taylor for a year or two now. That's been it. If your star players are a running back, a guard, and a linebacker, you're screwed. You're not going (laughs) to win I mean, that's it. Like, that's great. They're three really good players. Yeah. But you're not winning a Super Bowl based on that. So – I, maybe Ballard will just be there at the end of the year. I know he's close with Ursay. Maybe that's part of it. Ursay just keeps his guy and he doesn't <laughs> want to fire him. But, man, you look at that team. I'll tell you what, if Saturday doesn't work out and they go looking for another head coach at the end of the year, that is not going to be an attractive job. Who wants that job? No. You work with Jim Ursay and no. have no quarterback. Yeah, you get your picks, but that's not a job I think many people are lining up for.
3: Well, you mentioned uh, talking to some people around the league. The one person, that's how I talk, uh, uh, looked at it. Ursay's done it before, you know, suck for luck. It's pretty clear to me he he's tanking. I mean, that's what he's doing. Um, I, I I I don't see any, any other avenue. I know the talk about Jeff Saturday. And, you know, maybe Jeff Saturday's doing him a, a favor because – if you're if you I'll, I'll phrase it to you this way, Matt, if you're Gus Bradley or you're uh, John Fox or even Bubba Batrone mm-hmm. why do you want all these losses on your red? That sticks with you, even with that interim tag to have loss after loss after loss. They're a bad football team. Sure. Um, you know, the owners telling them you have to start Sam Ellinger. I mean, it, who's going to win? Why why does Gus Bradley want that on his resume? That's kind of where I'm I'm with the the strange coaching hire.
10: Yeah, I mean look, that's it's fair. Like, I mean now if you're Gus Bradley, unfortunately for Gus Bradley, you have enough losses on your head coach. Yeah, exactly. Right? But that's right? you know, you don't um, want to make it worse. I you know, so that's fair. I, I will say this though, I do think I wrote this on Monday when all this happened. Um mm. I do think though, if you're a coach on that staff. You're probably sitting there thinking to yourself, what the hell's happening? Like We, yeah. you know, none of us are qualified to do this job, but you brought in some guy who's never coached in college or pro. I, and I, I get it. I understand that he was a great player. Reggie Wayne is on the staff. Like, Reggie Wayne was a better player than Jeff Saturday, and he's already in your building. Cato June is on staff and has been like, so to me now, if those guys just turned the, the, the offer down, that'd be one thing, but there's no indication that that happened. I, I just know if I, if it was me and I was on that staff, I'd be thinking to myself, like now my boss is somebody who's never coached the game at a meaningful level. And I'm supposed to be okay with that. If I was a player, I'd feel the same way. If I'm a player, maybe I feel a little differently in the sense that Jeff Saturday was a really good player for a long time. So maybe there's a little part of me as a player that's like, OK, let's see how this shakes out. If I'm on that coaching staff, I'm pissed. I am, I am not in a good mood about that. So right. um, that all being said, listen, none of this is going to matter long term because that team is circling the drain. Unless, unless he comes in and there and he's Vince Lombardi. Jeff Saturday is about to have a really rough couple of months. I right. mean, that, that's what's going to happen. That,
2: but their let let me play easy. devil's Ad- advocate for a second here. Go ahead. <clears> throat> One throat> o'clock game. Titans Broncos in yep. Tennessee. Titans supposed to win. They probably will win. Yes. But if they don't, if Russell Wilson somehow pulls out a cape and goes back to being Russell Wilson and the Titans lose in the early window, here come the Colts in the late window playing the god-awful Raiders, with Josh McDaniel, who now that Frank Reich is fired, should, in my opinion, have the hottest seat under him of any coach in the National Football League. And you're in the game. And you got a chance to get to 4-5-1. and one, And Tennessee, with the loss, is coming back to 5-4. and four. If you're Jeff Saturday on the sidelines, you're going, yeah, the coach, the owner kind of told me we're not supposed to win this game. I got to coach the way to... The- Come on, not Jeff Saturday. He's a winner. They will play hard in the sense that
10: every player knows you have to put on good tape, whether it's for your team or the next team. You know, whenever people talk about tanking, it's never because the players are out there yeah. tanking. Right? Yeah. It's, I mean, that yeah. doesn't happen. That doesn't exist. It's because the team puts the players in
3: such a position that it's almost impossible to win. I would even go one farther, Matt, and say it's never the coaches either. It's no, always it's executives. Yes. We, nobody knows more about tanking than us in Philadelphia because we went through Sam Hinkie and the NBA. The Sixers were trying to win all those games. The coaches, Brett Brown, the players, he just stripped them of every available right. option that they could not win games. that That's Jim Irsay. When I say tanking, it's not even Jeff. It's not Jeff Saturday. It's not the players. No, it's, not. it's not the coaches. They have too much pride.
10: These these are the most competitive people in the world. If they're not going to go out there and tank that, But the, the problem for the players and the coaches, as you mentioned, John, is the the executives will tank because they don't have to worry about their jobs yeah. in a lot of these cases, right? So, um, I will say that I I have to I I wrote this. I can't cre- I could not be more excited for the Colts Raiders game. I am so fascinated by that. It's a, it's like a, it's like a car accident where nobody gets hurt, but it's just, it's like one of those like those NASCAR things where you know like maybe it's like a highlight from twenty years ago. Where you know everybody was fine. But it's one of those things like the car just flips like seventy times down the track, and you can't stop watching it. That's how I feel about this. If this is going to be. You've got first of all, think about this too. Josh McDaniels. Josh, this, yeah, he set yeah. this whole thing in motion. Yeah. He left them at the altar years ago. Yep, yeah. And Chris Ballard ripped them in a press conference right after it. Then they went out and hired Reich. And it appeared, to be fair, for a while, like that was a good hire. And it was for a while. Now it is not. Um, McDaniels then gets treated like some kind of a coaching god for years because he sat there and put his arms up and watched Brady throw a bunch of passes. Okay. <laughs> and then he then goes to the Raiders. It is a disaster. Hey, it is di- he didn't, he didn't learn anything know, from Denver. Didn't he, learned learn anything. Blow, he learned how to blow a 17-point lead because he's done, He's won a 17-point lead or more three times now in eight games, which has got to be some kind of a record. So they are now 2-6. and six. The best part about all this is this game's in Vegas. So if they lose to Jeff Saturday and the Colts, and <laughs> the, the, the fervor from Davis, from Mark Davis' owner's box, you're actually going to be able to see it during the game. The thing that really cracks me up is if you look at the sports books this week, well, all this has been going on at the Colts. That line hasn't moved an inch all week long. Really? Not not one inch. The sports books have not moved that game at all. They're like, yeah, it's fine. They're playing the Raiders. Still the same line. So I'm fascinated by this. Like if Josh McDaniels loses this game, it's got to be one of the most embarrassing losses in recent NFL history. You're playing a team that's not even trying to win games with a coach who legitimately showed up out of nowhere six days ago and you lose at home. So
2: I, I'm fascinated to see how this shakes out. Yeah. All right, Maddie. before we get to your opinion on the Eagles, because that's one of the reasons we wouldn't like getting guys like you on, because we're so inundated, inundated by the Eagles Sometimes we need to take a step back at a uh, view from someone from the outside looking in. But I want to ask you about one other team in the league. And that would be the Miami Dolphins and their quarterback, Tua Tagovailoa, who is right now the number one passer Raider in the uh, National Football League. Uh, the Dolphins are a legit contender in the AFC. And their offense is one of the best in the entire league. Tua and the Dolphin passing game are much improved from where they were last year. Several reasons for it. I need you to put these three in order for me as to why they're as improved as they are. Number one, they added Tyreek Hill. You add a weapon like that. We're seeing it here in Philadelphia. A.J. Brown, domino effect. Everything gets better. Number two, they've got one of the younger, brighter, innovative offensive guys in the National Football League as their head coach rather than a defensive head coach like that last year. Or number three, two, it just got better. And I think most people dismiss that third one. I don't because I always thought it was going to be a franchise quarterback in this league. Those are the three main reasons. If you want to add a fourth, please do. But at least put those three in order for me. I'd put them in the order you put them in. I, I would. I, look, Tyree kills on pace to
10: shatter the single-season yardage mark for a receiver. Which I'll, I'll be the first one to say. I thought he'd have a good year. I did not think he would have the year he's having. It was actually, you know, it's funny. Like all offseason, there was all this talk about, okay, well, is he going to fall off without Mahomes? What is Mahomes going to look like without Tyreek Hill? Well, Hill might shatter the single season yardage record, and Mahomes is the favorite to be the MVP. So (laughs) as it turns out, both of them are just fine. Uh, But yeah, Hill's been an absolute game changer for Miami. Nobody gets more free yardage than Tyreek Hill because teams are just terrified of him.
3: Yeah. They back up, and so plus he got yeah he got one eighty with Skylar Thompson, Teddy Bridgewater. I would want to have that. Yeah,
10: but I yeah. watched him for years in Kansas City, where you know it'd be third and five, and they would the teams would just put like, here take five. That's fine. Take first. <laughs> They'd back up. Yeah. I mean, you. you I can't hear how many times he'd run a little comeback route, and the, the corner would be ten yards off of him because it's terrified of getting beat. But no, that I think is number one. McDaniel's come in and done a really nice job. Uh, I do think that matters. Well, coaching matters in every sport. It matters more in football than any other sport. Yeah, right. No I mean, co- coaching in yeah. football. I would argue that the head coach is the second most important person on the field on Sunday behind the quarterback. I, it, you, if you don't have a good head coach, you have no shot in the NFL. But I, I also am with you, Jody Mack. Like you can't dismiss. Two, two has been excellent. You, know, you get these people who point out the deep ball stuff. Yes, he does not have a big arm. Nobody would argue that. he he underthrows guys sometimes he's having a really good year. Like at some point, I think it's just people don't want to admit they were wrong about him. Yeah. And you know what? I've thought for a couple of years, I don't know what he's going to be, but I'd like to see him with an offensive line. I'd like to see him with some weapons. Now you're seeing that. Look, do I think he's a top three quarterback in the league? No, I don't think he's a top three quarterback in the league. Do I think you can win with him? Yeah. (laughs) They haven't lost a game with him this year so yeah. I will say this if you're Buffalo if you're Kansas City are they probably the scariest team to see in a playoff game in the sense they can score with you yet yeah. now defensively they might give up 55 points to either one of those two teams but offensively they can put it on you and I think you got to give to a lot of credit for that he's played really well he, he, he truly has and they've got two games coming up that you ought to win they got Cleveland and Houston the next two weeks Uh, and then an interesting trip the Niners the Chargers the Bills three games on the road in a row that will challenge them
3: yeah he's tremendously accurate in in the intermediate uh, and and how many times do you throw the ball 40 50 yards down the field I think that's one of the most overrated things in the NFL so Tua's doing a a great job you know getting the football where it needs to be so Guys like Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle can also get the yards after catch. That's that's very important. Ball placement. Uh he he deserves credit. He's playing very, very well. Um I I you you mentioned Kansas City and Buffalo, and yep. I know you're you're really plugged in with Kansas City. Now, watching this Eagles team, and I didn't think we'd be here, but everybody kind of still defaults to Kansas City and Buffalo first. I want to throw this out at you, man. From 2 through 52, you just mentioned the defensive issues with Buffalo yep. and Kansas City. From 2 through 52, the Eagles are better than Kansas City and Buffalo. Everybody's still worried about the quarterback. Do you think that's fair?
10: Uh, yeah, I do. Philadelphia's definitely a deeper team than Kansas City is. And I, I, I think they're de- deeper than Buffalo. I mean, Buffalo right now, too, has got a lot of injuries going on. The one thing that would scare me with Buffalo – more than even with Philly or Kansas City in the playoffs. Buffalo is completely dependent on one guy. I mean, everything, everything goes through Allen. Like, there have been some games this year where the Chiefs have rushed for a couple hundred yards, and Mahomes doesn't mean to be part of it. Tampa Bay, they had a huge game running against San Francisco. Like, they can they can do that when they want to. When they Now, last week in Tennessee, they couldn't run for a yard. But most most weeks, the Chiefs are actually, like, a pretty decent rushing team when they commit to it. Buffalo cannot. They can't. The yeah,
3: they can't. Can't, they can't run the ball run foot. They don't and even they, try for the no. most part. Yeah.
10: And it's a weird thing because Diggs is is phenomenal. Yeah, Gabriel Davis is averaging twenty five yards of reception, but he only has eighteen catches. So you know, it's a it's a it's a team that is very reliant on on a very strict formula on how to win games. Now it's worked to a degree, but you wonder in the playoffs like, if there's a game. Where Allen, and he has these sometimes, doesn't play particularly well. They're screwed. There is no left hand right in that in that team's uh, bag, if you will. I think the Eagles are the most talented team in football. I is
2: also – uh, Sorry to interrupt. No, Matt, go ahead. Mean, Is that shame on the Buffalo general manager that he didn't go up and out and upgrade the running back position at the trade mm-hmm. deadline? I, I, a little, but you know what? I think it's more shame on the coaching staff.
10: Honestly. Well, he did.
3: They got Naheem Hines, but I mean, yeah. you know, I, that I, I
10: mean, he's to me, he's more of a pass catching back. Yeah, yeah, right? I
3: mean, he is, but I, they most, don't
10: run it. They don't want to run it. Well, that's just it. To me, it's a coaching problem.
3: Yeah,
10: Devin okay. Singletary is a, de- a decent back. He's not Walter Payton, but he's a decent back. But my my problem with them is. You know this is going to be a problem come January. Like You know at some point, especially if they're at home in that weather, you know at some point you're going to have to run the ball. And to just say, well, it's Josh Allen. That's all it's going to be. It's going to be him every play. We're going- to me, is short-sighted. Now, I do think the Eagles are the more complete team than both of them. And, I, by the way, I think Hurts, is he Allen or Mahomes? No. Hertz has been really, really good. Really good. Really like good. Eight and a half yards an attempt. He's not turning the ball over. Obviously, he can run for a lot of yardage when he wants to. Uh, Hertz has been excellent. I mean, Hertz for me this this year is absolutely a top five quarterback in the NFL. So, I I I do not understand the argument that some people have with Philadelphia, where it's well they haven't played a tough schedule. with the Eagles have beaten every team they've played and they've pounded a lot of them. So. Is that not what you're supposed to do when you play these teams that are so-so? Yeah. You know, I I mean, Buffalo lost to the Jets last week. The Chiefs lost to the Colts. Like the Eagles haven't lost any of these types of yeah. teams. So, you know, like I I think that the 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 Eagles get the unfair rap because this current group is unproven. But to me, I, I don't know. I, I I believe that the Eagles are the most well-rounded team in the NFL. And I think they could win 15 games. You know, Looking at their schedule. I don't think they'll go 17 and 0. because it's just so hard. Yeah. Like it's just nobody, nobody goes on the field, right? But I I think they're gonna I think they're gonna be a one seed. I think they're gonna have home field and I think they're gonna be a favorite any
2: game they play in the NFC. Who's gonna be the second best team in the NFC? If we all acknowledge that the Eagles are the best team yep. in the NFC, Jerry and I think they're the best team overall. Um, who's I second bet. best team in the NFC when all said and done?
10: I, for me, it's between two teams, and it kind of just depends on the health of one of them. I think it's Dallas or San Francisco. I know San Francisco's 4-4, four four, so it's kind of an odd thing to say in terms of their record. If I was Philly and you ranked like who I wouldn't want to see in a playoff game, they're probably number one because they are really talented. I mean, One thing about the 49ers is that team, they are a great defensive team when they're healthy. And offensively, you've got McCaffrey and Kittle and Samuel and Ayuk. They, they've got a lot of guys, and they're good up front. Now, the, of course, the flying the ointment is Garoppolo, right? Garoppolo is the guy you're looking at. Yeah. Okay, well, how's that going to shake? I find it incredible. I was looking at the NFC playoff picture. So there are – for all the quarterbacks who are currently in the playoffs right now in the NFC, there have been seven quarterbacks wins if you will for those for those teams four of them are from garoppolo so he's got more wins than the entire rest of the field in the playoffs right now now of, of course some of that's a function of geno's never started a playoff game daniel jones yeah. never started a play you know so on and so forth Dak has one win cousins has one win garoppolo has four wins right i mean Hertz obviously was in the playoffs last year didn't get didn't get the victory but um this and, and Mariota had a win. Now that's changed. I should say that's changed because Brady now technically with the tiebreakers in there. But this was before before Brady moved into the tiebreaker and the Falcons were winning the division. I mean, that was it. Now, of course, Brady pulls everybody out of the water. Um But I think it's the Niners or the Cowboys. The Cowboys defensively are gonna keep themselves in games. I I, I don't see I know the Vikings are seven and one. I don't see the Vikings going in there beating the Eagles. I just don't. I don't see no. them doing it. I don't see no. the Giants doing it. Seattle, I, I guess I'd give a puncher's chance just because, to be fair to them, they've they've really outperformed every expectation. But I really couldn't see it. I'd be shocked if Seattle went in and beat the Eagles. I'd give Dallas a shot. I'd give San Francisco a shot. I don't think anybody else is doing it.
3: Yeah, and Joe, I'm with you with San Francisco. Jody knows that. I picked them to go to the Super Bowl to begin with. I think it's a tremendously talented team. Really good team. I I thought – you know, I love Kyle Shanahan as a coach, uh, especially from a scheme standpoint, offensively, uh, not necessarily from a game management standpoint. But um, it, I it, I thought Trey Lance would be a little bit better than Jimmy Garoppolo. A little bit, a tad, a little bit more explosion. And we all know Kyle didn't want to play Jimmy Garoppolo. He basically right. took the air out of the football on the way to the Super Bowl when they lost it to Kansas city because he didn't want Jimmy Garoppolo screwing it up. He doesn't want to, he doesn't want that particular quarterback, but Jimmy has proven he can game manage his way to victories. And I start looking at Christian McCapri, as you mentioned, added to Debo Samuel, like, you know, and he's one of the few coaches right. that can take advantage of that. Uh, that is the one team I'd look at and say, Boy, if they get going, they're going to be a real difficult out in the playoffs. Besides the Eagles, but I think the Eagles are the better team overall. I, I think right now the Eagles are like to me when when you look at Philly,
10: the, the one thing I would say about it, and I don't think you can say about anything in football other than the Eagles. What is their glaring weakness? Like, yeah, what is the tackling? Thing? They don't I, tackle well. I mean, you know, maybe the backers, you know, maybe the backers aren't overwhelming. But I don't think it's a glaring weakness. Like I don't think it's like with Kansas City, their four-man pass rush stinks. Now they're a they're great when they blitz. When they blitz, they're really good at that. And that's not surprising. Spagnolo is a disciple of Jimmy John, uh, Jim Johnson. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, they, yeah. He's probably the most creative blitzer in the NFL long wing, Martindale. Like, they get home relentlessly when they blitz, but they have to blitz. Buffalo, no run game to speak of. You know, that that is their kryptonite I, I think in a lot of ways there's nothing about the eagles like they have great corners they can get a pass rush the, i think the most underrated thing about the eagles nationally is how good their offensive line is their offensive line is great it's been great for years Hertz has taken the next step he's a really good quarterback you've got three weapons that you really believe in i mean maybe maybe that's the concern if there's like be like the, the depth of, of of weaponry on the outside like, maybe, like, somebody got hurt or something, unfortunately. Like, maybe that, but you could say it about any team, right? Yeah. I mean, you injuries can, you
3: know, are always the great, right? Players.
10: I mean, you could say it about any team, you know, yeah. if, if the Chiefs lose Kelsey or, or Smith Schuster, they're in yeah. trouble. If the Bills yeah. lose Davis or Dick, you know, yeah. So, I, I think probably the biggest thing, and this is just something they're going to get, but I, I don't worry about this for them, is just the experience in the playoffs of just going through and winning. But in the NFC, who the hell is going to be with experience? I mean, maybe the Niners, right? Like, they would be the team to go, okay, they have a lot of experience. Everybody else, the Eagles have more experience than half these teams just because they were in one playoff game. That's true. So <laughs> I
8: true. I mean,
10: I I buy the Eagles. I think the Eagles are going to be the team that ends up coming out of the NFC. And, I, and, by the way, for the record, I don't know that I think they're better than Buffalo or Kansas City, but I don't think they're worse either. Like I just think if they play each other, it would be a really, really good game. I don't I'm not one of these people who's like, Oh, it'd be a touchdown underdog. I don't think that at all. I think the Eagles would be, I don't know, a
2: pick'em against one of those two teams. Right. Could be a toss up on a yeah. neutral Super and Bowl. I, I mean, for Philly, you take that, right? All right. Uh I gotta get you on the record for this, because I threw this out here earlier on the show. Nine games at either one or four o'clock this after, this weekend on oh. Sunday. One game with both teams having winning records. One. Out of nine games, there's only one game where you got two winning teams playing each other. That's the Vikings and the Bills. But you're going to be drawn off that game by the car wreck that is the Colts and the Raiders? Come on, Verderam, you got the remote control in your hand. Are you watching more Bills-Vikings or Colts-Raiders on Sunday?
10: So, I think
3: I think that the Colts-Raiders game is just yeah, it's it, it just. fast. you me. know what, Matt? It might be Case Keenum for Buffalo. So I know. I, be I think exciting. it probably will be. Yeah, it probably
10: will be Case Keenum. And and yeah. also, if I now, so it it is amazing. Like, you bring up the point, and it is true. You look at the games this week, and I feel like we say this every week right now. I feel like every week we say this because of how bad a lot of these teams in the NFL are. And by the way, Jody, to your point. We are blessed with the fact that one of those games is a one o'clock kick and the other one's a four o'clock kick. Oh, that, yeah. that
2: culture at four. That's right. It's at the yeah. Raiders.
10: All right. So yeah, you watch both.
2: Every step yeah, of right. both games, just we're, have it ready to go when the, we're, we're, the early game ends.
10: We're saved. But, I, you know, I wrote about this a couple of weeks ago, and it is true. I cannot remember a year where there is, there is a dearth of good teams in the NFL like there are this year. I mean, we, I feel like we've been talking about it, but there are three teams in my mind that are really good teams. Philly, Buffalo, Kansas City. You get past that. Like, look, I like Dallas and San Francisco. I like Cincinnati and Baltimore, but they're not those three teams. They're not. They're not as good as those doing
2: it again. Teams. Another, another guy disrespecting my Dolphins. Beware beware the fish, brother. Yeah. Beware them. Like, That's I like all I'm the saying. Dolphins. I like them,
10: and I love them offensively, but, like, can they stop anybody? Like what they gave up thirty two to Justin Fields and the Bears. Like what is that adjusted against Buffalo, or Kansas City fifty five? They already they already <laughs> they stopped Buffalo.
2: The yeah. They already got
10: the Bills once. Also, yeah. I have to. I'll ask you a question: Are you at all concerned about them in a cold weather game? Like if they got to go to Buffalo, Kansas City in January?
3: Oh, that, in that, that, that yeah, that they're done. They're like done. His, they history says,
10: says with a team like yeah. that. You're going to be seeing the pregame yeah. when everybody's got their hands in the warmer. They're all, you know, they're all huddled around that, that yeah. the heater on the sideline. No, like, yeah, this game. It's not going to
2: end well. There's, there's, there's a possibility that much like the road to the Super Bowl is going to run through Philadelphia in the NFC. The road to the Super Bowl might run through uh, South beach in the AFC. I'm just meant. We've already chalked to. up two wins the next couple of weeks, right? Yeah.
10: I, I think they, they might need it too. Because, I, I do not see them going to Buffalo in the third week of January when <laughs> yes. they but- Now
3: I, I think Buffalo might have an issue because I don't know how you handle Josh Allen. Like everybody says that's a big game. I I was telling J- this week, I don't think it's a big game. It's an NFC bow. Um, if you're gonna lose a game, it might as well be to an NFC team. Um sure. it doesn't have that much of an impact. He's not he's not healthy. And he's not going – I saw Doc Flynn, Jessica Flynn, we've had on this show, Jody. uh, You know, she said, rest. That's how you you solve that injury. If they're going to force him to play through that to win a game at week 10, I think that's a big, big mistake for Buffalo. I don't know how you handle it because, as you said, Matt, they are so Josh Allen specific. They need him – Every play of every game to win, he's so important to their particular team. Now, every quarterback is, but it's amped up, as you explained. Yeah, I don't know how they handle this injury. I think it's a big concern.
10: I think it was ESPN, to give them credit. There's a stat. The Bills have scored 25 touchdowns this year on offense. 23 of them have been by Josh Allen. (laughs) I I mean, it's just – now, I agree with you, but I, I also have a caveat in this sense. So, first of all, I agree with you on your overall point, John. That they cannot play him if he's hurt. They cannot play him. I. He is your franchise. You cannot risk that he gets hurt worse, and now he's out for the year or something like that. You need to do right by Josh Allen, even if Josh Allen is trying to play and no, that doesn't, yeah, matter. Gonna right. you know. it doesn't right. matter. Yeah, he's going to want to play. Right, it doesn't matter. You need to, you need to take yes. that
2: decision out of his hands. Protect him from himself. Yeah. Uh, right. Hey. Right. Half an hour flew right by. That's how good Matt Verderam is. We look up. Oh, shoot. He's been on for a half an hour. Yeah, We appreciate appreciate the half an hour you gave us today, Matt. We appreciate it. Whenever you come on, make sure you check out his podcast, Stocking the Box, and read him on fansided.com. MV, a pleasure, brother. Appreciate it. Hey, Thanks, Matt. Take care, guys. Matt Verderam, fan-sided here with us on Birch 365. I went right. too
3: far, Jody. I apologize. We both did,
2: uh, that, <laughs> but you don't even realize. Right. I look at the clock. Oh shoot, we got to get out. We've been on with Verderam for half an hour. He's that good. All right, quickie timeout. Come back, Mac and Mac Gonna put a bow on this show.
4: Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes. And the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. Since
5: 1977 at Rafferty Subaru, we have always been about our customers and the community. Early on, a safe and durable option, we've evolved to become the best overall brand according to Kelly Blue Book. Over the last 14 years, we've donated thousands of dollars through the Subaru Share the Love event and found homes for hundreds of pets. The Rafferty family is proud of our 45 years in business. This month, celebrate our anniversary with special financing on select models. Visit us and see why.
6: The greatest fans on earth. It's a bold statement, but would you expect anything less from Philadelphia?
2: correction as pointed out by our buddy Duckwin, uh i think i called the dolphins the fish which they're not fish they're aquatic mammals. yeah but
3: everybody calls that's one of their nicknames the fish even though right. you're correct it's a mammal but right. they're known as the fish and you're oh by right. the way they're Mm-mm. all humans they yeah. may actually be done but they're yeah.
2: players they're national football league players that we're talking about so yeah if, people
3: if, have if, been using the fish for the Dolphins for years you're not wrong Joe you know they've been doing the
2: that, by and the way I gotta pick the Eagles all the time I gotta then nitpick then
3: myself nitpick I gotta nitpick myself I believe I asked Matt Bergerin Bergeram if the Eagles were the best two through 52 it should be two through 53 so I realize. I think I made a minute but I'm not sure
2: Okay, that that 53 third spot can be the difference between who's the yes. better. The, yeah, I, I, I,
3: I I'm I'm a stickler, Jody. I don't yeah, like. I, I, I hear hate you.
2: I'm not. Uh, uh, here's what I think about me calling the Dolphins the fish. Um. All right. Will you get any info today? Is there going to be an actual injury report? Is this yes? An there will be one? an injury report because they're walking through. What are you going to? What are you bringing to the table tomorrow, McMahon? Uh
3: Nick Sirianni is going to talk today at about twelve fifteen. Uh. He will probably not give us an update. He'll say you'll get an injury report later, um, and we'll get an injury report. So we will get to see obviously if, uh, if if Abonte Maddox is on the field. So that to me is the key injury of the week, and see where where Abonte is because uh, the Eagles might have an issue at uh, slot corner, yeah. and you got to deal with Curtis Samuel. So he's a pretty good player.
2: We will have uh, our buddy Grant Paulson from uh, the fan down in Washington, D.C. to do a little uh, Commander's Preview. Or Grant, man.
3: Got to deal with that nonsense every day.
2: That's why they pay him the big bucks, even though we don't pay him anything to come out with us here on Birds 365. He does it because he's a good dude. Uh, And that should be a good spot tomorrow. I'm going to be here in 22 hours. Are you going to be here in 22 hours from now, McMullen?
3: Do my best, Jody, day to day, but I plan on it.
2: John McMullen, Jody McDonald, Mac and Mac back in two and two.
1: You've been listening to Birds 365. <laughs>